Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. talking about the ebb and flow all week. Hey, the ups and downs. We're coming down here, homecoming. It's going to be a hostile environment. Um, you know, we had a two and a half hour bus ride. Kids showed up. We got 25 minutes to warm up. And we said, hey, you know what? We couldn't have started worse. And we should have been in a better position than we were. And our defense showed up. That's a really good offense with a monstrous old line. And our freaking front played, 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 their, played their tails off. And I'm proud of them. And, and we made plays when we had to. It's crazy. What the hell? Absolutely ridiculous. This would be our statement game, and that statement proved to the whole entire state that Southington is no team to mess with. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me is Peter Bruglaga. Peter, what's up? Nothing, just recovered. I think I've fully recovered from this past weekend, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> At the top of the show, you heard from the capper to the Alliance Bouliabez, the Alliance Hullabaloo, the Connecticut Football Alliance main event, number one Greenwich versus number one Southington at Cardinal Stadium. And Greenwich was up 21 nothing, but Southington walked out, maybe flew out of uh, of Greenwich with a 29, the 28 victory. You heard a little bit from our buddy from last week, Mike Drury, who we, we weren't the kiss of death, Pete. And then, of course, you heard a little bit from their star running back, Lincoln Cardell. But a guy named Anderson, he was the guy who uh, put the capper on this great comeback. 21 down, Pete. You were there. What happened? Uh, I think you got a little ahead of yourself. You said number one Greenwich versus number one Southington. Oh, I think you just got a little bit ahead of yourself, but yeah, of course that was a wild game. I mean, it was incredible. Southington showed up late. They spotted him a twenty-one nothing. They spotted Greenwich a twenty-one nothing lead, and then all of a sudden everything just clicked, and they came back. Evan Anderson, what a day! Nine catches, two hundred and one yards, a touchdown. He threw for the touchdown with less than four minutes left and then capped it off with the two point conversion to give them the one point lead, which they held on to, to win. I mean, just a wild, wild homecoming at Cardinal stadium on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a capper to what was just an, just an otherworldly week. Um, I think we all said it at one point or not on Twitter, 
uh, you know, obviously Southington uh, with their big win on Saturday afternoon. I was at Massac St. Joseph, St. Joseph hanging on by the hair of their chinny chin chins to win that game uh, against Massac. They were up big in that one as well. Uh, and then the night before, obviously, you heard you, 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 you had killingly hanging on or actually hanging on. They rallying back to defeat Bloomfield. You had Shet, uh, you had Shelton looking like they were on the ropes, rallying back to beat Windsor. And then you had New Canaan hanging on by for dear life to beat Fairfield Prep. Uh, it was a wild weekend. And, uh, I, you know, I've, it's been, you know, we, we, I say we talk about the Alliance and, the, you know, kind of a, how it was a little bit crazy. But last week, you know, it kind of lived up to the promise that, that they, uh, that Al Carbone and his, uh, his minions, <laughs> his, uh, I should say partners, his league partners have put together for us. Pete, what'd you think? It was a wild weekend. I mean, it was everything that we thought it would be. It was everything that we talked about on, on this show, on the Pick'em show, um, great matchups at the top, right? Not every matchup was a great matchup. Like, let's be honest with you. There was what, 31 games. Or maybe there, more. No, more than, were like I think it was 41 games. 41. Yeah, I think it was 31 CCC, yep. whatever. But, you know, not every game was great. Like, let's, you know, be honest here. Let's not let the top games take away from the overall thing. But the top games were great. You know, even Maloney going down to Darien and beating the Blue Wave was huge for that program. And uh, it was just great. I mean, every game was I'm sitting there scrolling on Twitter, you know, Dar- uh, Maloney's up seven. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, Windsor's beating Shelton. Oh, man, prepping uh, New Canaan are tied. Yeah. Oh, man, Bloomfield's up two scores on Killingly. I'm like running up and down the sideline, like going over scores with people. It was it was chaos. It wasn't a good night for hyperbole, Pete. Our no. buddy hyperbole last week. We had Shelton being the best Shelton team since Danny O. We had Killingly, the best killing team in 20 years. Best ECC team. Oh, in 20 that's years. right. The best ECC team in 20 years. I didn't bring up uh, Darien. Uh, excuse me. I didn't bring up Maloney versus Darien because our guest today, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, we're going to talk all about it, is Kevin Frederick, the uh, Class L championship coach from last year. And this was a big one for him. Um, we all knew that he was going down there. This was going to be the one where they stake the flag of the CCC and basically show it off for everyone can see that they have arrived as a program. Um, certainly they, uh, did that with a 21 to nine victory over the blue wave. And, uh, that's two losses in three games for Darien, but a great, great performance by Maloney. And it was looking like a great night for the CCC overall, but let's take a look at the entire Alliance scoreboard here, Pete. The CCC joined the fray with 31 games uh, out of the 41 overall and wasn't really a great night overall. Yeah, they had the big Maloney win and the big Southington win, but FCAC was 8-4 against the CCC. The SWC was 5-3 against the CCC. Against the ECC, they actually salvaged a 2-2 tie with uh, Killingly beating Bloomfield, but Waterford came back to beat Rock Hill and Glastonbury defeated NFA and Berlin defeating Fitch. So that was a 2-2 tie. And then only on the other side, the SCC beat them up too, 5-2 overall. And obviously there, you know, Shelton coming back to Windsor was huge. So it was looking like a great night for the CCC, Pete. But when you look at the overall scoreboard, the CCC, 13 wins, 23 losses. They're right down there at the bottom. Not quite the ECC at 6-11, and but uh, 
I don't know. He's kind of a mixed bag there for the conference. Yeah, I mean, for overall, I mean, obviously the CCC is so gigantic, um, but overall, not ideal. But those top flight wins, you know, those are the teams that we're going to be talking about come the end of November, come December. So I think it's huge for them as a conference anyway, you know, because I think when we get to the playoffs, we're going to be talking about Southington and double L. We're going to be talking about Maloney and L. You know, Windsor obviously kept it close. Bloomfield uh, kept it close. Those are teams that are going to be in the playoff on. Those are teams that we're going to be paying attention to. The FCAC, 19-9 overall. They had a pretty big week. I think they were 10-6. and six. The SEC, they came into the uh, weekend. Uh, they're 9-10, and 10, and they won 10 games and lost only five. They have the best week overall. The CTC beat 3-2. They came in, I think, 1-2, and two, and they were... They're, I think they went 2-0. and Yeah, they went 2-0. and 600, so you can say the CT is in second place. Uh, the SWC came in 500, left 500. They, it was 6-6 six and six in week one or so, and then 6-6 six and six last week. We talked about the CC and the ECC, man. Oof. Thank God for killing me because that was, a, that was pretty rough for the ECC. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, it's kind of nice to see some of these opponents playing each other. Um It'd be nice if there were other conferences who were in the fray, and I don't want to get into that again. But <laughs> I feel like they were missing out of the party. And, uh, you know, who doesn't want to see Ansonia Killingly in the regular season or Ansonia Bloomfield or Crombo Portland or Naugatuck playing against Maloney or Darianne or a really good L school, um, you know, in the regular season? I think it helps us out tremendously in our position to sit here when we do the rankings and the poll and the predictions to know how these teams match up. You know, we're hearing a lot of great things about Ansonia and rightfully so. I mean, they look good, but we're not going to know anything until we get no. to the playoffs. A hundred percent. They won't play anybody, especially now in a weakened class S they won't play anybody. They'll play Bloomfield maybe, hopefully, but a lot of those teams are NVL teams. Yeah, you know, Crama Portland's on double S. Barlow, double S. Uh, so yeah, it, it, listen, I love what they I love the idea of the alliance. I'm glad they scaled it back a bit because given a lot of those teams too many games, Shelton stacking their schedule up, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, they need to figure out a way to balance these things out. I think it's good if you have one tough game, you know, go down the standings and match them up. Um, uh, and I don't know about two. I, I would still think we need to reconstitute the leagues here statewide. That's just my opinion, but that's for a whole nother discussion. I thought the Alliance did a nice job. Al and the guys are all over Twitter just declaring how great they were, and they should take a bow this week. They did a nice job, but guys, calm, calm down a second, please. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was, was a taking, fun weekend. It yeah, was a fun taking weekend. Taking hosannas, taking bows. I mean, geez, Al. Oh, my goodness. So, with all that happened. Wait, but- is that Al who runs the CT Football Alliance oh. Twitter account? Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, there's a reason why he's uh, leading the header on those uh, on those alliance graphics. It's the Al Carbone Alliance, if he he would allow it. But you know, everyone's everyone's taken a bow. It was pretty funny on Twitter. Like, oh, thank you, thank you so much, thank you guys, so great. Everyone, all right, thank you. Cut jumps on the back. Listen, they did a nice job. Did a nice job. Really, it was did. great. The big reason why it was this alliance matchup were so important. We talked a little bit about it last week. Is for the reason we just discussed with Ansonia. Because of six divisions, now you really don't play these teams. You don't get a chance to play these teams that are in the other divisions now. Like Shelton's an L. They're not going to play uh, a Southington 
uh, in double L, you know, and so on. You're going to got you're getting a lot of those. You're going to have teams missing each other. Where in the old system. We didn't have that opportunity. So you had an opportunity to match them up a little bit. So, you know, you're not going to have that. That's a shame, but uh, it's good to know for this because of the, how it impacted the top 10. Let's take a look at this top 10, Pete. It was a mess as predicted. Number one by the hairs of their chinny chin chin. The new number one ranked team is Southington, but barely. They were one of six teams with first place votes and one of three teams with six first place votes. And they received 592 points overall, just beating out number two, New Canaan, with six first place votes, but only 590 points. That means one extra voter had New Canaan ranked just below Southington. That's how close it was. Shelton comes in a distant third, even though they also had six first place votes. The Gales only managed 549 points. Number four is Maloney. They lose their first place vote from last week, yet jump killingly, which almost got ran out of its own building. They come in at number five with two first place votes. You're too many. Number six is Greenwich. Even they got a first place vote. Did someone miss One a too game? Many. Number seven is Trumbull. They get a first place. You get a first place. I get a first place vote. St. Joseph at number eight. They drop despite being 3-0. They don't get a first place vote. Finally, number nine is Ansonia. And number 10 is West Haven. My goodness. That is a wacky poll. So I don't, I don't know what to make of this top 10. I, I, I don't know. It's just, I guess that's why uh, we, we, we do this throughout the season. We have a poll at the end, huh? And we have a couple of state championships to deal with. Yeah, it's never easy. Uh, I know we talk about it this week. Definitely made it harder. Um, it's interesting, though, because, you know, the Greenwich first place vote, I'm just going to ignore and pretend like it didn't happen. Uh, Killingly picked up a second one. I, look, I get it. Um, I mean, we know who is one of the people who votes Killingly number one. It was made public. Uh, he wrote about it. Um, and that's fine. But like Killingly did it, and I'm not knocking them, but Killingly didn't do anything this weekend to make me put them higher or put them lower. They stayed the same in my ballot because they were losing by like two scores and they had to come back and win. That's great. I voted Shelton one last week and kept him at one this week, right? Not ideal that they almost lost. But there was nothing to me that clicked that said, well, now I need to pull Killingly so far up my rankings. Um, so that one's really a head scratcher to me. Um, I do think Killingly is a really good team, but struggled against Bloomfield, who is a good pro is a good S program. There's nothing wrong with that, but I was expecting more from Killingly if I was going to move them up in my in my ballot. Trumbull getting a first place vote is very intriguing. Uh, I, I, it was not me. Uh, I still have Shelton one. I've had Trumbull high in my rankings all year. Uh, like I talked about on the show, I like teams that bring a lot of people back. I think it gives them an edge up at the beginning of the year. Um, but I'm interested to see, right? Cause Darianne's lost twice. A lot of people, I mean, St. Joe's is just fights and grinds and they just do such a great job in, in winning these games in a total team effort. But there are people talking, Hey, is Trumbull the second best team in the FCAC heading into last week? Right. Well, 
if that person believed that Trumbull was the second best team in the FCAC and Greenwich went down and they still think that the FCAC is the best conference in the state, well, then I understand them giving Trumbull a number one vote. That's I'm just trying to like make, I'm just trying to understand, you know what I mean? Uh, and then with the three teams up top, you know, a lot of people with New Canaan, they love their defense. Um, they're still very, very, very questionable about their offense. But this is a new case. We still haven't seen them fully healthy. So, no. you know, it's impressive that they're here at 3-0. and uh, I do not believe Ty Groff is coming back this weekend against Bridgeport Central. So I think we're going to see Ty Groff in week five. And then I think we'll be able to figure out kind of how good this New Canaan team is. And Southington being number one, I mean, first time since 2015, yeah, first time, um, first time since they went into that famous one versus two Darian game, the one we actually kind of talked about a little bit last week, where uh, Mark Ivanchek, it was Mark of Build as Mark Ivanchek versus Jay Rose, and it was one versus two. They had the number one ranking. They had won the last two Class Double L championships for the Class Double Large, I should say, um, and then they they Darian smoked them, and that was the last time we'd really heard from. Uh, Southington for a while. Now they are back at the top. The first time then it starts small like this, right? You know, you get a big win. Okay. You get a little confidence and then you start they, building uh, a long way to go. They look good though. I mean, they got guys all over the field. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This might bite me. Oh no. They look, no they limbs. look like, they look like the most complete team that I've seen so far <laughs> this year. Really? They do. They, were, they do. What happened at the start of the game? Pete? Sorry, 21, nothing. They got it. Yeah, two and a half hour bus ride. They only got 25 minutes to warm up. Um, but I'm telling you, man, Evan Anderson's a baller. Uh, Rashad Williams who only had one catch in the game. He got hurt. He's really good at four touchdowns last week. Lincoln Cardillo is like, he's just awesome. Uh, and then CJ DiBenedetto, the quarterback, he took a beating on Saturday. He was like limping getting to the huddle. Like, not as drastic, but it reminded me of like Byron Lefwich getting carried down the field by his offensive lineman in the bowl game when he was at Marshall. Like, CJ got beat up in that game. And he just kept getting up, kept getting up. Um, their defense looked great. They could, they ran the ball against Greenwich. Uh, they threw the ball against Greenwich. They made great special teams plays against Greenwich. All facets of the team. Southington looked awesome from top to bottom. They got to clean up a lot of those penalties. I think Coach Drury will say they made some dumb mistakes in that game. Um, but, man, they just looked so complete. It was so impressive. As for Greenwich, you know, great start, but uh... – not a great finish. I mean, Jack Wilson, those guys, you know, they, they had a, they had a chance to get a, get recapture, I guess the lead, but they got stopped on downs. It was kind of, well, it was well short Pete, but I, I think afterwards, you know, you talked to Anthony Morell a little bit. I think afterwards it was kind of more of like a sigh of relief. It's not like it used to be where you lost once and you were starting to worry about whether you were going to be able to go to the playoffs. Now you're a little bit more relaxed. It gets the pressure off a little bit. Greenwich. I think they got a lot of pressure down there and even Anthony Morello, after the game, talked to you about it and said, you know what, we're fine with this for now. Yeah, we have an L, but in some ways the pressure's off, and uh, now we can just stop worrying about everything and having the weight of the world on their shoulders and just play football. And, uh, you know, turn the page next week. So pressure's off a little bit in Greenwich. You know, I don't see them missing the playoffs. I think they're good enough. They're going to win enough games. They're going to get in. Uh, a lot of these teams are going to get it no matter what happened. I mean, those, it was pretty much, that was the case, but you start to worry about whether they have what it takes. I mean, Killian Lee going down, let's talk about Killian Lee really quick. I mean, Bluefield came in there, man. They did not care that they might be the best uh, ECC team in 20 years. They, Bluefield certainly looked like 
the team they were 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, with Pinnock and all those guys, uh, they came out fired up. It was 14 to nothing early. And then 22 to seven when this, one of the Kerr brothers, the Kerr twins was Davian, Davian with an E had a couple of their touchdowns, put them up. They put them up 22 seven. But from then on, it was all dry bolts. Killingly is known as the RPO run people over. Forget that stuff. All of a sudden, it's Air Neal as they had to come all the way back. Soren Reef ripped off a big, a huge run to get him into scoring position. Noel Colangelo. They go for two, don't get it. So now they're still down. They got to get a fumble. And then they go right back down again and score. And uh, that was a 28-22 comeback victory. And very impressive. Listen, Killingly, uh, it was just like you, you, coaches say all the time. They... You need some a little bit of reversity, and then they certainly stared adversity in the face, and uh, and and won. So that was a huge win for Killingly. Yeah, um, adversity is going to pay off at the end of the year, but for the poll's sake, not great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they dropped. They dropped. So I think enough people dropped them. The, but they the added two, a first place vote. Yeah, they added. I mean, the, I'm thinking one of my uh, ECC guys out there trying to drink the Kool Aid a little bit. Moving on to the other big game of the of the uh, week was uh, Shelton's comeback win over Windsor. I mean, they did everything they could to throw this game away. Uh, you know, at this point, Danny O's team, they would have crushed this team 49 zip. Shelton turned the ball over. Opening kickoff, our guy, David Dodge Licko. Everyone and their grandmother tell me how to pronounce his name last week. Dodge Licko, fumble on the opening kickoff, but he came back with a vengeance. They were down 19 to seven at the end of the third quarter he scores to start the fourth quarter and then he redeems himself with a scoring again 622 remaining but Shelton almost threw this game away too because Windsor comes back down the field they have the the freshman quarterback who's AJ Robinson who throws a pickoff to Ricky Fiola but when Fiola caught the interception his momentum carried him to the end zone but the referees ruled he did it intentionally and they called it a safety it's not only a one-point game Shelton defense had to show up one more time. We know how good they are or can be when they're not getting, you know, short fields against them. Uh, so they stay three and zero. And I love that picture uh, of uh, of the coaches there hugging each other after that game. That was a big win for Shelton, man. But uh, oof, get out of there and uh, get home. Beating Windsor is no joke. Yeah, that's <laughs> just it literally just like thought like everything was just going to explode this weekend at halftime of a lot of these games. And, you know, like I said about killing, like this is awesome for them, right? They face adversity. It's going to pay off as we move forward throughout the year, but whoo, <laughs> big sigh of relief, a nice relaxing bus ride home. I would imagine for coach D Felice, a big sigh of relief though. Yeah. Him and Stanko on, on the sidelines hugging each other. Stanko looks thrilled at these defense <laughs> coordinator. Um, another big one. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit. New Canaan fair for the prep set an offense back a few years, or was it a defensive battle? I mean, I, I was, there, I don't know, but it looked like there were a lot of turnovers and a lot of big moments there. Maybe it was a defensive battle, uh, but uh, it was ugly. Seven turnovers combined. Uh, but once New Canaan went up 14 to seven, their defense kind of held back. They stopped prep twice, I believe, uh, in the in the late in the game, especially they getting the pickoff Tucker Mulligan, basically ending the game. Uh, and a lot of people like New Canada at number two. I, I don't know too much. I mean, we haven't seen any offense from that beat since uh since Drew Pine was at quarterback back in 2019. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> 
I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I like I said, I mean, Graf is we have not seen him yet, but we've also never seen him in a gameplay quarterback at the varsity level. So we're just saying that he's going to be back, but we don't know how big of a difference he is going to make for this offense. But I will say I love this quote from Lou Marinelli. I don't know if you saw this. I see it. I had my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, everything at the end. It was a great defensive effort. I mean, number two team in the state can't be crossing fingers and toes, but uh, look, survive in advance, right? Isn't that what Jimmy V said? Survive in advance, go to next week, try and figure it out during the week. If there's any team that's going to make adjustments and get better as they go, it's going to be New Canaan. They have an unbelievable coaching staff. And uh, God, just figure out that offense. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Is there, I know Pine's got brothers, but I think they're older. So I I don't know who's coming through. Is there another O'Connell? What about uh, a a La Police? Is there anyone paging anyone? Fairfield Prep has the same type of issues. Their offense has not been great. It wasn't great last year. They they showed signs, but. Um, they need to, you know, get some more scoring goal. But I mean, again, that's a good defensive as I think you saw two defenses going at it. New Canaan's just been a little bit better defensively for a longer haul. But and, uh, you know, finally, the, the, the game I went to on Saturday, the one that kept me from Greenwich because it was a coaches convention at the St. Joe game. We had Craig Bruno. We had Joe Lato, the old massive coach. Uh, we had and we had Randall Bennett, the uh, Cromwell Porton coach, who, as, as you know, modeled his two platoon system class s two platoon system on saint joseph and he was uh he was in the house too lots of other guys there i probably don't remember but you know it was funny saint joseph was doing what it did the first two weeks of the season you know you had hutchinson catching passes you know setting up touchdowns you had uh will singswald you had people telling you how to pronounce his name you had him throwing touchdown passes the defense was playing great for the third straight week we had Riley Jordan having a big rushing day. They were putting Massick to sleep. That offense that you saw against Trumbull for Massick, non-existent, basically, for the first three quarters of this game. Then all of a sudden, right after Sean Curley catches this 20-yard touchdown pass from Sinjewald, all of a sudden, Massick finally wakes up. Gavin Walker scores to pull within 24-14. And then Walker again with the five-yard run to get them within 24-20, and then they played a little defense, Massick, and got the ball back for a chance to win the game outright. They tried a little bit and then decided, ah, you know what? We're going to try. It was just about under two minutes left, I believe. And they just said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to kick this. We're going to try for the field goal, play for overtime. And uh, the freshman, I mean, where do they get these kickers from, Massick? Zylik, the freshman, gave it everything he had it needed to go 41 yards. It went 40 yards and two feet and hit the crossbar and fell out. And, uh, you know, uh, an amazing finish. I almost left the game, Pete, to go see you down at Greenwich and, because it was 21 nothing. I'm like, you know what? I'll just stay here. And I caught that fabulous ending. Uh, and St. Joseph, 3-0. Here's Coach Joe Delavecchia thinking, he's thinking they're going to go for it all the way. Uh, the last drive, I mean, we, were, we were just trying to keep everything in front. And, uh, you know, we, I, I thought they were going to go for the win the whole time, to be honest with you. And then uh, when they lined up for the field goal, I knew the kid was a good kicker. And, you, you know, 
there was a, when he kicked it, I, I looked like, I think that's going to be short. And the guys in the booth are saying that's short. And nah, it just was short by a football, maybe. But um, it, hit the, it, hit the, it hit the bar, yeah. It, it, it could have went either way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a little farther than he thought because he was on an angle. So, uh, you know, give, the, the, the kid made a good shot at it. You know, I thought we had the block. I thought we, we got in there pretty clean. And uh, it, was a, it was a bad snap. It was a soft, uh, high snap. So I thought we were going to get it, and we didn't. But, um, you know, on our side there, I guess. And on the other side, here is Steve Christie, who is just, I don't know how to describe it, Pete. <laughs> he is a piece of, he is a piece of work. We love him to death, Christie. Great job. I mean, he was just so proud of his team. But uh, you have to hear a little bit of snippets here about our conversation. All I wanted to know is whether he had an, in mind to go for it go for the touchdown or play for the field goal. And then I was even talking about, I even saw right before, right after he kicked it, I looked and saw in the background, actually, that, that the wind was blowing the other way. Anyway, it turned into a mess. Here it is. I'm so proud of them. I know everybody says that. It's a cliche. No, nah, no, nah, it's real. You know, this is a this is a team that, that I love, and they, we love each other. Hey, uh, two top ten teams we just played the last three weeks, toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with both of them. One we gave away, this one we couldn't quite get. But... Uh, the resiliency that the, the resiliency that it's just amazing. I'm so proud of them. And hey, we're gonna lie in the weeds right now. We'll lie in the weeds. We'll see you all again though. Steve, um, your thoughts playing for the field goal, you're, you're going into the wind. Just uh, did you did you No, like we weren't Sean. Actually we looked at the sticks and we weren't really going into the wind, but I got you. You could say that. We were at, no, I mean, we were at, four, at the... he was banging forties all game. He's a, he's got the leg. He's got the leg. Well I mean you you look like you were playing for Plus the... it was fourth down. You you were playing for that's true. You were playing for the field goal though. You guys were setting it up. Right there we were. We were yeah. trying to take that game to overtime because it was a little different. We had we definitely had the momentum. Uh, the wind is so shifty here. You really can't go by those flags. One second is going this way, next second is going that way. We actually took the wind in the fourth quarter. So if you notice we kicked off into the wind to start the second half so we could get the wind second fourth quarter. By the time the fourth quarter rolled around, the wind kind of played with us. There was I was not, again, do we take another shot at a quick out? He drops it. We don't get a chance. I'll take my chance right there. Well, when did you did you try? You were trying to go for a TD, yeah? Of course, of course. I'm just. When did you decide? Like, you know what? About 20 point. seconds to go. I'm like, let's kick a field goal. Let's get a field goal. And you know, Sean, at the point of the wind and all that, at that time, we're not really looking at any. There wasn't a prevalent wind today. And at that time, we're really not saying, hey, we can't kick into that. We trust this kid's leg. This kid is going to be. You're going to be reading about this kid for four years. This kid, Jackson Zilek, is special. And you know, I, I feel bad. I hope that he doesn't feel bad that I put him in that situation. Um, I put him in a tough situation week one as well. You know, kick off deep, hit the front line. That kid's an all-state player. He will be. He's a tremendous player. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't second guess that at all. Would it fall short by a yard or two? They hit the post. Ah, oh, Sean. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sean. All right, I shouldn't have kicked it then, right? Yeah. I'm just, it hit I wasn't, the post, I wasn't, Sean. I wasn't. It hit, it hit the. It hit the, the oh my God! Yeah, Thanks, Sean. No, no, we're doing that nine out of ten. I wasn't arguing I know. with you. I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying you should. Shawnee, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm good. I was just trying to figure out when you were deciding. About, you were about, go about when right, I saw the clock winding. I, by the way, remember, we used all our timeouts no. on D. I'm not. And, no, I'm saying, I'm saying bad. I'm not saying bad. <laughs> Pete, I don't know what to tell you about uh, Christy, but he, he's, he's one of a kind, man. One of a kind. He's the best. He is <laughs> the absolute best. <laughs> He is the best. He, Sean, no don't one, tell me that, Sean. Oh, man. 
no one, no one loves his guys more than Steve Christie loves his team. And uh, he, they were right in it. I mean, they were right in it. I mean, they could, God, uh, and I don't even want to bring up the wind, but if the wind blows the different way in two games, they're sitting at three and oh, you know, um, but you know, just the, the cards were not dealt that way, but they're one and two. They're still in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, you know, they're not going to. I hope they don't beat themselves up too much over it. Uh, Christy they're gonna vowed be, they're they gonna be would fun. be back. Christy said, we're, and then they will. They're in double M. Yeah, they're going to be still, fine. These aren't death knells anymore. Like, you lose two games. All right, now nah, there's some urgency. But, you know, you still kind of have the, you see the way the standings play out. You still will find yourself with destiny in your hands if you keep winning. Uh, two losses, maybe even three. Just depends on who's in your division. Again, that's why I can't stand the six divisions. It's just a mess. There's strong, there's weak. But Massic will be back. They're a good team. I still vote them in my top 15. Uh, Me too. You know, yeah, I, I think I put them at like 13 or so like that. Um, so, you know, let's take a, take a look at the two top 10 polls now back to back. The day came out with theirs right as we were recording last week. So we didn't have their, their opening poll there. But let's take a quick look at that. Uh, what do you think of this? I mean, we have Southington at six. Uh, sorry, we had Southington at one. They got Shelton at one, which is what you and I have. We kind of looked like we did more of the day poll. Yeah, I, I, you know, some would say that we're as smart as coaches. Um, but <laughs> but uh, no, it's a good poll. I, I know Trumbull wasn't in the opening poll last week for the coaches. Um, they love West Haven. Uh, Maloney even got a first place vote in that poll. So it's really intriguing. I mean, I think sick. I like it better, Pete. You'd like it better? I think it, it matches more what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's interesting, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know who the coaches are who vote in the poll because it's on the day you can see. But it's always like interesting, like how do they? I wonder how they vote. I wonder do they give love to their conference? Do they vote for their own teams? You know, you talk to coach. I I don't vote for my own team. You know, so I'm, I'm that that's intriguing with me about that. Uh, I don't feel like I don't know. I feel like there could potentially be biases involved in the coaches' poll. Though yeah. I did kind of vote like it more myself anyway. I think St. Joseph deserves a little bit more credit than everyone's given him. I don't know how they're eight in ours, but I think St. Joe belongs uh, up there at number four you know four what, at though? Least. But St. Joe's got love after their first win over Darianne, and neither of us gave them any love in the right, top 15. Right. Um, I mean, I do have St. Joe's in my top 10 now, um, but I think I have them at nine. Um I'm just, I'm very intrigued by them. And look, credit to them. I'm 0-3 picking in games for St. Joe's this year. So I think I'm just going to keep picking against them. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about that Maloney game versus Darianne. And uh, our guy, your guy, has been dying to get on. It's Kevin Frederick. Joining us on the show is the champ, the class, defending class L champ, Maloney, coming off a big, huge win massive win for the program and striking a blow for the CCC again. Uh, it's uh, Kevin Frederick of Maloney coach. You've been dying to get on. You're like, what do I got to do? I want a state championship. No love. Uh, not even preseason. I, I, and I'm dying to get on. I told Pete beat Darianne. We'll get him on real quick. <laughs> and uh, here you are. Congratulations, coach. Welcome. Thank you. I officially have made it. <laughs> in Connecticut when I'm on the when you get asked to be on the meat grinder you've made it as a Connecticut high school football coach so I'm pumped that you guys are having me on here I love your show 
Um, I love what you guys do for Connecticut high school football. There's no one better than game time CT. Um, love what you guys do. So appreciate you guys for having me. Um, you know, looking forward to chatting with you guys. Coach, I, I want to cut us, all you of that. Put us, coach. Like, you got to put us, uh, you got to tick the box there on week three on the, on the board behind you. Make sure you make sure meet grind, get on meat grinder is the goal you check off for the kids. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to add that to the board for sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I want to cut that for like an ad. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think, think that's a could, great we, ad. Oh, we, could, we could send that to the advertising department. Yeah. Uh, coach, anyway, just uh, congratulations. You know, this was a, a game I'm sure you were looked at for a long time. And um, and you mentioned it afterwards that uh, that this was kind of a big statement. Yeah, yeah, you win your state championship last year. Um, but, you know, you really need to kind of keep the momentum going. You know, just walking off the field after a really just thorough defensive performance. Um, you know, how did you guys and the kids there uh, feel walking off there and going home uh, with a victory over Darian? Yeah, I mean, it was a special night for us, obviously. Um, you know, when we won the state championship last year, you know, we always try to think of ways that we could top it and get better each year. And, you know, when we saw Darian on the schedule, um, you know, it, it was something that, uh, you know, we've hoped for, obviously, to be in the in the talks amongst teams like that, because when they put together that alliance game, they're trying to match you to comparable teams. So when you get matched up against a team like Darian, uh, it's just a, it was a proud moment just to just to be on the schedule with them. And then now to even take it a step farther to go down there and and to get the win against one of the best, you know, teams in, in Connecticut historically, um, you know, at least for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. I mean, it's, it's a great thing for the kids, just for the kids to go down there and play in an environment like that too. Um, it was just from, you know, from when we left to, to the end of the game till we got home, the whole thing was just, was fantastic for the kids. I'm glad they got to experience something like that. Um, we're obviously off to a good start and we just want to keep it going. Did you need much pumping up to get them ready for this game? Or how did you guys approach the game going into this week? Well, I, you know, I always say this, it kind of sounds cliche a little bit, but I mean, when, when we prepare for any game, we're going to prepare for like, it's the state championship game. You know, that's just what our mindset is. And we put a lot of effort into the game plan and film watching and the preparation, obviously a little more detailed, you know, playing against Darien that week. Um, you know, so every game we're trying to prepare and, and get pumped up as much as possible. Um, it doesn't take much though when you got to go down there and you're playing in front of those fans and the atmosphere that was there. Uh, the kids were locked in, dialed in. Um, I thought we did a good job too. We left the school at two o'clock and we went down to uh, a state park down close in Westport. Uh, I think it was called Sandy Beach State Park and they were great with us and we ate down there our pregame meal. Um, so we had plenty of time to, you know, to, to stretch, get off the bus. It wasn't like we rushed off the bus and played. So it was uh, the whole thing was great, you know, and uh, it was good. Like I said, a good experience for the kids to, to see something like that. We went and ate lunch on the on the beach and some kids saw, you know, um, seagulls for the first time. So that was fun. And, and wow. To, and uh, yeah, to get the kids to, in that type of environment, you know, it was it's just a cool thing for the kids to experience and just happy to be a part of that. I'm sure Westport was uh, thrilled to help you guys out any way they could, uh, you know, knowing Derry, knowing the rivalry with Darien. But, um, you know, just tell me about some of your kids. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Gonzalez had a huge game. A lot of guys had a huge game. Bugansky was the guy everyone kind of had on their radar. But, uh, you know, you, do, you did lose some great players last year. Um, you know, and what did you think coming in, you know, all, given all the guys you lost, you know, what, what did you think was possible? It seems like, you know, you look at it now, it, it looks pretty good. But, you know, what did you need to kind of shore up? What were you worried about? What did you need to fix to kind of get you guys playing back at a high level? Well, I think it all starts in the offseason in the weight room, you know, in the strength and conditioning program that we put forth for the kids. Um, you know, we've got a lot of guys that, that participated in that. 
Um, so that's the start of things, you know, obviously you got to, you know, replace a ton of guys that were on a championship football team. So um, that's never easy to do, but you know, when you get guys buying into what we're doing and you get guys who are doing the right things in the classroom and in the hallways, you know, it makes the job a little easier. You know, uh, I think after getting a taste of a championship, I think that a lot of the kids are motivated to like, yeah, I want to be in that, that same position again. Um, so the motivation wasn't a factor. You know, we got a lot of young guys that stepped up. You know, I played two inside linebackers um, and they're fantastic for us. Uh, Zakai Moore and Donald Highsmith. Zakai's a, um, a junior and Donald's only a sophomore. I mean, so those guys stepped up immensely. Zakai had 16 tackles and interception against Darian. Um, set us up a great field position for a score after that interception. Um, and like you guys mentioned, like Jojo Gonzalez, uh, you know, he's, he's dynamic. You know, he, he factors in for us on all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, he's super valuable. Um, you know, so, so I think comparing to last year to this year, it's hard to do, but what we think that what we have though, going for us, and, and I know Pete, you've seen at the game I'm, and we got a ton of team speed, you know, we're fast, you know, we've got guys who can run. Um, so yeah, it's fun trying to get those guys to football in space and letting them go and, and watching them fly to the football and, and getting 11 hats there. Um, it's starting to come together in terms of, uh, you know, the kids really caring about each other and wanting to play for each other. You know, I'm listening to them before the starts of the games or during practice. The conversation, I told them this the other day in film, their, their conversations are exception, exceptional. You know, they're talking about different route concepts. You know, uh, they're talking about, you know, coverages and, hey, where am I supposed to be here? I think when you get kids that have those kind of conversations, you know, uh, during their downtimes, like, you, you know, we're, we're going to be successful. So I'm just proud of those guys for keeping the doing that. The thing is now is, I mean, it doesn't get any easier for us. I mean, no. I know Paul, Paul's win-loss record doesn't look great. They've been every, all three of those games, they were in it. They're a tough team. Um, it doesn't get easier playing in the Tier 1, playing against those double-L schools, but uh, it's fun. We want to be in this position. We want to be in Tier 1. You want to play the best of the best. It's going to get us ready for the postseason. Um, and, yeah, just taking it one day at a time and trying to enjoy it. You like so you, the way they set up, though, or the CCC with the new tier system, kind of like the SEC does. And I mean, yeah, you guys kind of thrive with that. It sounds like you you like it. Well, there's no choice. You know, we, we, we <laughs> he likes it now because yeah, it worked yeah. out last year. <laughs> right. I you mean, didn't like it after sense. week one, Southington, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Does it make sense? Not really. But I mean, it is what it is. Like, it, you know, for we're an L school, you know, playing against all double L schools like our the big issue for Maloney is, is that. Our, we don't have great depth, you know, like, you know, we've got, you know, about 50 guys in the team, obviously not all 50 play, but, you know, from surviving from week to week and battling the injury bug and, 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 you know, getting guys healthy, like that's a huge part of the job, you know, and, and getting them rehabbed and healthy enough to be able to play on the next Friday is a hard task, especially going against those double L schools. Um, so it is what it is. Like we got to play who we got to play and, and we can't control those things. So uh, yeah, we've got to, you know, try to take it to those teams and, and, and be healthy as we can going into those Friday night games. You know, you, you spoke about uh, Jojo and he was, I mean, he was a part of the all state of the state championship winning team last year, but there was a lot of other guys, you know, up there. What has he done to, you know, maybe take from what he learned last year and become a, a vocal leader on this group. You know, you mentioned he does it in all three facets of the game, but what have you seen him it's seen in him in, in his step to becoming, you know, a leader on this team. Yeah, and he's, in, he's embarked on that leadership role for sure for us. It all started in the wintertime after that, you know, when we got back into the weight room, he, he grinded hard and he put on some muscle 
Uh, he added about 15, 20 pounds to himself to make himself a little more durable. Um, you know, he became more explosive. He got faster, um, had an exceptional baseball season, still lifted throughout that baseball season, you know, went to the state championship in baseball. So like you got a kid who's been a part of championship teams. He knows what it's like. He's a fierce competitor. Um, and the best part about him is, is, is you watch him in practice. He's treating it like a Friday night game. You know, he's diving for balls all over the field. Like sometimes we're trying to, you know, get him to calm down a little bit, even though, you know, we love that stuff, but you know, we got to take care of him because he's such a, you know, such a, you know, large part of the team. And now he's embraced that vocal leadership role, which is great. And uh, he got elected one of our captains um, because of that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's been terrific for us. I want more from him though. Like he's just scratching the surface. Like we want to get him the football a little bit more. Like we got some things up our sleeves that, uh, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, get him more involved in. And uh, so he's got to get in great shape because we're going to grind him all three ways, special teams, offense, defense. So a lot's on his shoulders. He's got to, he's got to keep going. Yeah, he uh, he cramped up um, one drive. He cramped up on D, came off, was not happy, visibly just not happy, getting stressed out. Someone's yelling for mustard. He ate a banana. All of a sudden, your defense holds, and he just throws his helmet on, goes sprinting out to punt return. I don't even know if he was, like, not cramping or not. And he takes the punt all the way down to the one-yard line. And I was like, ah, oh, that would have been the story right there. He was laying <laughs> on the floor three seconds earlier, and now he's, you know, thought he'd be in the end zone. But, you know, He's a guy, his name doesn't show up in the box score, right? He didn't, he didn't score a touchdown, but he did so many different things in that game that, like, just for me, he was, like, the guy that night on Friday. And that's just me selfishly saying, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, tough kid to be able to, you know, you know help his team in, 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 in duress like he did. Um, you know, he, he knew he need, we needed him. You see, that return was huge, obviously, for us. Um, that sparked us. Obviously, we were able to get into the end zone after that. Um, you know, he's dynamic. And then the other things too, is like, he's a great stock blocker too. Like one of our better guys in the perimeter that likes to, you know, block for his buddies. Um, I think that's important. You know, Jojo wants to play in college, you know, so Jojo is taking his game very serious and, and really is, you know, fine tune his skills and, and, uh, you know, taking those next steps to become a good college football player. I had the privilege to play with his, uh, his, his uncle, his uncle Pito. I don't know if you remember him, Pete, he played for with me, we were receivers at Platt together, graduated together. He went on to Westcon. He broke every division three record up there. Uh, tremendous athlete. It's like wa literally watching his, they're like little clones, even though it's not his father, they're, they're like spinning images of each other, fast, twitchy, uh, tough individuals. He's got, a, he's got, a, you know, he's got some good family, you know, lineage as far as football goes. So uh, yeah, just excited to coach a kid like him and, and uh, seeing what he could do now down the stretch here as we, as we continue. How about your kid? Uh, how about Valentine, your quarterback? You know, remember you love had him. Angel, right? I'm sorry, what's that? I, I love Valentine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had Angel last year or last few years. He kind of built the pro, helping you guys. He was like one of those faces. It was like part of the guys who built the program up. And then now him and a bunch of guys are gone, and then they got this whole new cast going in. You know, how about the way he's played so far? Man, can't, can't say enough good things about him. I mean, you got Angel, who was a three-year starter for us. I mean, I don't think anyone expected other than the guys within the locker room thought Kyle was going to come on to the scene and do what he's been doing. Um, you know, obviously he's an undersized kid as a quarterback. I mean, you know, it is what it is. We talk about that all the time with him. doesn't define you as a person or as a player. Um, Kyle's what I call a program kid. You know, he bought into the system and the program for the last uh, four years as a freshman, sophomore, junior, you know, played JV his sophomore, junior year, successful there. Um, and then now it's his time. You know, it's one of those things that, 
you know, when you get a program rolling, it's those guys that just want to step in and fill the roles that are, that are missing. And, he, and he's done a great job with that. Um, you know, he's dedicated himself to Maloney football in the off season and good baseball player, you know, so again, another kid who's been to, to another championship game, uh, he's poised, he's confident, he's easy, you know, well coached as far as, you know, he listens to everything, um, you know, so he's very coachable and uh, yeah, great kid. He's uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm wishing him nothing but success because he's one of those kids as a coach that you look at and you're like, yeah, he's, you know, he, he you know, you're happy for him because he does all the right things. You he, have a, uh, he self-proclaimed himself the best five foot five quarterback in the state. <laughs> he, wow. he self-proclaimed it. Hey, what are you? I, you know, I couldn't argue. I couldn't argue against him. No, you can't. I mean, if that's uh, what makes him taller and more confident, hey, and he backs it up on the field, we can't argue with it, right? He might be the only five foot five quarterback in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, did you put him in? Do you list him as five five on the roster? I think I listed him smaller, actually. I thought it was five four. I had him on the roster. Let he, let he team sleep cleats. on him. He was wearing cleats. <laughs> well, yeah, usually they usually, you know, if a kid's about five six, they usually bump him up a couple inches. Like, uh, five eight, five eight. That's what I, that's what I did on my new license. I'm five yeah. nine. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm five eight. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. I'm like, but uh, uh but then you have then you have Boganski, who was just the one guy when you talk about Maloney football 2022, you know, he's the guy returning, he's the guy, and how's he embraced that role and you know, and has he become a leader uh, for the program right now? Yeah, Josh is, um, Josh is a good running back, obviously, for us. He had a great year last year as a junior, kind of came on the scene where, um, you know, we, you know, didn't have those high expectations, I don't think, for him initially. Um, but he came onto the practice field and was just an absolute worker. Um, and that's what really got him a lot of the reps, you know, in the, uh, you know, last season. Um, you know, and then he's, he'll tell you too, like we, you know, last year we had an exceptional offensive line, you know, he, Josh was very lucky to, to run yeah. behind the line that we had, you know, create a lot of holes for him. Josh was very good at getting downhill, you know, finding the right gaps, um, falling forward, good ball security, never put the ball on the ground. Um, you know, now he shaped his game where, you know, he's able to put that foot in the ground instead of like, you know, doubling over on the ball, he's going to be able to take some of those 10 yard gains, maybe now and turn them into 25, 30 yard gains. Um, and then possibly break him, you know, long for TDs. Um, so yeah, we're relying on him. I mean, he's got the experience. Um, he, he's, you know, he ran, you know, a ton for us, obviously last year, we got to keep riding him and his, uh, and his expertise as far as, you know, playing in big games and, and playing in the colder weather coming up. I think that's gonna, you know, be key for us. So, uh, yeah, he's got to step up and help us out and, and be a great leader for us, you know, in the, on the field and in the classroom. So a couple things here, coach. First, you beat Darianne, right? And, you know, that's, that's great. Then your, your, your buddy, Mike Drury, goes down there. He knocks off number one. They get number one votes. All these teams in the top, top ten poll get number one votes. Where's Maloney's number one vote? I don't, where'd it go? No, no, no love for the Spartans after a, their biggest win in, in years. One of the big, biggest wins. What do you guys say to the voters out there? No love at all. Now, granted, I, I didn't, didn't even see. Yeah, fill me in. Where are we now? Yeah, well, you are, you are, you are, you jumped a spot. You're four now, but uh, 16's got number one votes. The only one team in the top six or whatever it was, was Maloney. No number one votes. Coach, what do you got to do around here to get a little love, huh? I think there's, I think those voters are spot on. We don't deserve any number one votes. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're still, you know, a little bit away from that. And I think that's a good thing because we, we want that motivation. If you watched our game, you know, 
Friday, you know, we, we did some things offensively that obviously we wish we could have had back, you know, that we weren't clicking on all cylinders there offensively. We dropped a lot of balls. We, we missed a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, so we got to get better, obviously, you know, we're, we're not playing championship level football right now. Um, I think we start, we will, cause we're a program that wants to get better every day. Last year we struggled early on and we got better each practice. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. Like, you know, the, and the kids know that it's not going to be a fun day today. Um, it's going to be a hard practice today. We're going to get after them and we're going to, you know, go back down some basic and fundamentals and stuff. And that's the only way we know how to get better as far as like the polls and stuff go like we, you know, good or bad, you know, like we're going to use this motivation either way, you know, pick against us. Great. You know, we're going to use that, you know, for motivation. Um, if you pick us, you know, um, you know, we'll be happy, I guess. I mean, um, but, but yeah, as far as the standings go, there's only the, the, there's one poll that matters and that's the end of the year, you know? So if we're in that top, you know, at the end of the year, that's all we, we matter. You know, that, that's all we care about. Yeah. Go ahead. You got Pete. Did, um, so after you guys went Friday, did you text, you know, Mike, he was obviously on the show last week for the listeners, but did you text Mike Drury Friday, or did he text you on Friday night? Like, Hey, any like word, you know, words of wisdom as we head down there? Um, I spoke to I spoke to Mike almost every day. He's Mike's a really good friend of mine. You know, mm -hmm. he Mike's is just a great person. You know, he's was a college roommate of mine. Um, I coached with him together at Southington. Like, you know, we're, you know, our, our wives are good friends. Our kids are friends, you know, so we talk all the time. We're always piggybacking ideas off each other. He texted me something before the game to fire me up. You know, um, I, we talked on the bus ride going back, you know, uh, I told him, you know, I told you I was going to show you how to beat Darian. He laughed, <laughs> um, you know, but, but I, we knew like, you know, going into, you know, his game the next day, I was obviously going to be a huge game. I told him, uh, make sure you leave early enough time to allow yourself to, uh, to warm up. He obviously didn't listen to me about that. Nope. Uh, I, what did they, they only have about 25 minutes, 25 to minutes to warm up. Yeah. That's crazy. And then they spotted him 21 points. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but listen, Mike, you want to talk about, you know, a gutsy call on that two point play, you know, for him to call timeout and then bring the offense back on the field. I mean, that is, that's awesome. Like kudos to him. I'm sure his father was, was the brains behind the operation um, telling him what to do, but that's okay because Chuck's a legend and he should listen to Chuck. Um, so yeah. So yeah, Mike is, uh, Mike's got it rolling. Looking forward to seeing him on, on the fourth. I'm hoping he, comes to the game this time because uh last <laughs> time we played he didn't come uh he was sick supposedly um so i'll make sure when he comes to falcon we're gonna have extra toilet paper tissues um whatever he needs gatorade water um to make sure he's out there so i missed him last time it just didn't feel the same you know um so yeah i i thought you i was at that game i thought you were lying to me i when <laughs> i got there i was like hey kev like we're talking i'm like where's mike and you're like oh he's not coming Oh, you know, Kevin's being funny. No, no, no. He's actually not coming. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of uh, the bus ride, I, I need you to either prove a rumor or debunk a rumor. Um, I heard a rumor that Maloney was going to drive down and coach buses on Friday, but you were like, nah, I want the yellow school bus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, so listen, first of all, we've got the most supportive administration staff in Meriden, like Mark Benigni and Mike Grove and Lou Bronk and, and Dan Crispino, all those guys at this, you know, the superintendent level, the board of education, you know, that could be a whole nother meat grinder story yeah. about <laughs> that we get, you know, for, for, you know, football, the whole thing with COVID, how they helped us play and, 
you know, like those guys are super supportive. He, they called me and said, Hey, we're going to get you two coach buses. Um, you know, my mindset was, you know, we don't want the kids to be too comfortable. I want to keep things kind of consistent in the same, put them on the yellow school bus. We're tough, hard nosed team. Let's go down there and beat them in the yellow school buses. And, uh, you know, I said, Hey, maybe we could take the coach buses, buses back. They said, yeah. hey, to and from. Um, so we had, to I don't know if you needed a bus back. back coach. I think you guys flew home. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I, I'd love to ask you is here, and I know you've brought it up a few times Pete and everything. And we, I think we might run a story on it, but what's it like building a powerhouse at Maloney of all schools, you being a plat guy. Oof. I could, that that's a, instead of a meat grinder episode, I heard a novel about that. <laughs> Man, that's been tough. Give me the I'm summary of it. I mean, could you, I yeah. mean, you must, I mean, you must, I mean, did they, did they give you a crap at Kayla Mays or what's the story? Uh, I mean, big, big Kayla Mays Maloney fans. Yeah. That I know. Well, Kayla oh, they May are. Is on, we're actually going there for pregame dinner on Thursday. We do a pregame dinner every Thursday. This week's at Kayla Mays. He's an East side guy. He's a Maloney guy. So he's okay. a supporter. Well, that's my bad football. But as far as like, yeah, you know, here's my thing with, with it. You know, obviously there were people too happy that I took the Maloney job. You know, it is what it is. You know, I don't really pay attention to what people think about me. If I did, then, you know, I, I probably would hate myself um, because I'm sure there's a lot of negative, you know, things that people say about me. It is what it is. Um, I'm here because I want to help kids and develop young athletes. Um, it could have been at Platt or Maloney. You know, I'm here at Maloney. I love being here and working here. I'm a special education teacher, um, you know, so that's what it's really about. Um, it's just unfortunate, obviously, that, uh, you know, I was from Platt and, and I'm coaching at Maloney. So, you know, some of my closer friends who I graduated and played with, they think it's awesome and cool. Um, obviously, there's other people who, who, you know, I've lost some friendships and relationships with. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, you, it, you is are it is the, because uh, <laughs> you are the all time points leader for Platt, correct? No, I no, I'm, I'm in the top five. Oh, okay. I think, but you know what, though, if you went back and looked at it, I think they expunged my name from the record. Books. Um, so That's it great. looks like I never played there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Listen, those guys over at Platt, let me be the first to say, and I'll say this, is that Jason Bruin, um, Birdie Nelson, Brian Frederick, my brother, you know, you talk about dedicated staff and guys who've been there and done the right things and 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 are good for kids. Those guys are, you know, are great, obviously, for the, for the kids and uh and they've done a great job over the years at Platt. They dedicated, you know, 19, 20 years there. So, I mean, you know, they do a good job. It's unfortunate, you know, that, uh, you know, that they're in the same town as us. And right now they're struggling and, and, and we're, you know, we're shining, but, you know, we hope they win every game, obviously, because uh, we want to play them on Thanksgiving and beat them and take all their playoff points. But, um, <laughs> no, but, but yeah, we rooting for them, obviously. Like that's my alma mater. I, I, you know, I, I respect and, and admire what those coaches have done for the program. And we're at the end of the day, we're all from Meriden. We want what's best for the Meriden kid. Um, and then obviously on Thanksgiving, we want to beat each other and, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's the competitiveness in, in all of us. And, you know, it is what it, it is. It's one of the few annually competitive Thanksgiving day games. Like it's still great. Like there's other games that have fizzled out over time. But Maloney, Platt, and Star Bowl, I mean, I haven't gone personally. I got to change that soon 
But a few years ago, when like one beat uh, who beat who, and you beat them, and they Pat, beat you. Platt beat Maloney to get into the playoffs, and Maloney right. beat him in the semifinals. And then you guys beat them back. I mean, what's better than that? That's what football's about. You, you know, one team gets the one up, and the other team gets them back the next year. That's what this is all about. That's what football is, man. To me, uh, I've been at a lot of Stoddard Bowls in the last couple of years. Yeah, they're always good. Every time I look up, I'm like, oh my god, the game's a barn burner. What's yeah, the key I'm, to winning I'm, that I'm, game, Coach? I'm hoping Connecticut keeps the Thanksgiving tradition going with some of the football stuff. There's nothing better than a Thanksgiving Day football game. You know, that's our bell. That's all right. <laughs> There's nothing means better than ahead, a Thanksgiving Day football game. You know, I mean, it's just a great atmosphere for the kids to play in. You'll always remember that day in that game. Um, you throw the records out the book, like they say. Um, you know, and like I said, it's been fun. It's been competitive. They did beat us that year. Um, I think the last time we lost to them in the Thanksgiving was 2019. Yep. They saved the double tight double wing for us. I guess they they saw us in our one of our game scrimmages. We didn't do so well. Uh, then I guess they practiced it all year long, and then they popped <laughs> out Thanksgiving. And yeah, they uh, they snuck us with a victory there. Um, but yeah, it is it happens. You know, like you know, they got a good program. They got good athletes over there. They're well coached. It's good. You know, it's it's it, it's going to happen. You know. I, I share your sentiment on Thanksgiving. I think we we can make that happen. I know they tried to make it happen here. And it kept it. I mean, that's why we're playing six because they wanted to keep Thanksgiving. And you and Brockett, Tom Brock from Ansoni could probably go bowling and have a whole big discussion about that. He loves it too. He, is, he said, the last thing I want, the last thing I want is us to get away from Thanksgiving. You guys have got to be out of your minds uh, to get rid of that. Um, so uh, it's a I'm great like, thing for the families too. You know, even my own personal family, my grandmother, you know, God rest her soul. She was um, a couple of years before she passed. She was the honorary, uh, she, she did the coin toss and um, I'll never forget. She might, you know, she, I, I slipped her the double sided coin before the game and she, you know, she hooked us up and we, you know, we won the toss and, you know, I always think about my grandma. Yeah. Family and football. That's what that day is about <laughs> family and football um, for those departed or those who are with us. And I think that's great uh, coach. I mean, you got obviously got a big road ahead. You got a haul this week, um, you know, and they're, like you said, those, they were good last year. They were competitive this year tough you got Bristol Central you got Connor which is playing well you know then you'll obviously Southern it's a it's a tough road and it's not gonna be no slouch but uh you know just your quick thoughts on your your uh how you guys are gonna manage the rest of this season and then uh well thank you for your time yeah I mean like I said before you know it's it's a grind of a season you know we've we've got to play some tough schools um we're gonna take it one week at a time Hall's very talented um their quarterback exceptional player tough big runner um accurate with the football uh, they got a really good receiver who, who you know, who catches the ball and runs really well. Um, you know, it's definitely going to pose a challenge for us. Um, so we're just not – I don't even know who we play after Hall, to be honest with you. We're, we're playing Hall this week. And looking forward to that. Is it Newington? Oh, great. Yeah, they're another, good, too. Another they're on the road all too. these games after Hall. Road, road, road. I mean, <laughs> before school. Yeah, but, then you get, but then you finish at three games at Falcon, but you're the road team on Thanksgiving. Right. Gotcha. Yes. Wow. Yep. So you guys know more about that than me. I told you, I'm taking it. We take it literally a day to a, to a game at a time. Well, that's where we come in. We're the ones who make a big deal of everything else. You know, I already got that November 4th game circled. Yeah, I'm going to go to Kayla Mays early. I'm going to go get my steamed cheeseburger and then I'm going to make my way to Falcon. Has Ted's uh, put in with anybody or do they kind of trace the neutral? What are they? They I'm not sure to be honest. We work, we do so much business with Kayla May. It's, we kind of just been sticking with him. They haven't really reached out, but uh, Kevin's a great guy, supporter, went to Maloney. You know, it's just literally minutes from our school. 
Um, so yeah, we continue exploring. He got a, he's got a helmet, one of our helmets in, in his, in his little shop there. So yeah, we yeah. just appreciate him and all his love and support. Uh, I was there in 20, the summer at some point. It was in it was 2018 great. when you guys were meeting in the semifinals, I drove around Meriden and I interviewed like a bunch of people around, uh, the city heading into that final. Like I ran down the mayor, uh, at his, at his job. I got Benigni, I got a barber and a guy getting a haircut. And I went to Ted's because I went to Kayla Mays, but they were closed. They were renovating. And I went to Ted's and I asked him, I go, who do you think is going to win? Like, who are you picking? And uh, the owner, which I don't think his name is Ted, but the owner was like, oh, we're just supporting both teams. Right. I think I they're like, trying to oh. say neutral. Yeah. Uh, I really, I'm not going to pick sides on that one. It's a good try, but we're not going to go down that road. Uh, but I did know that answer. <laughs> there you go. All right, coach. Thank you. It sounds like uh, still got some business to take care of over at school. You got to practice and everything. So we appreciate you giving us a little time here. Uh, right, you finally made you. it. You finally made it. Now you got to stay on top, right? Now you got to stay on top. You got to keep playing at a high level. So no, you, no, uh, no, no turning back now, right? Appreciate you guys. Really. I really do for having me on the show and, and for you guys uh, to continue to cover high school sports like you guys do. Um, and, and to promote these athletes and, 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 you know, it's just a special thing. So we appreciate you guys for everything. And I'm glad I could have, you know, made it on the show. Like I said, I feel like I've now made it as a high school football there coach officially on the meat grinder. Yeah. You guys send me like a, um, like a little plaque with my, my head on it Yeah, with the date. All right. I'll look we out do for that. it. We the, keep, yeah. We're like, we do, have we had this guy on yet? Yeah. We got to try give everybody a little bit of love. We'll have to do that. back to back CCC coaches too. Wow. I can't believe it. You, you, you win some state championships. You start getting a lot of love very quick. You'll well, the see. CCC it. deserves it. They turn the world upside down. Like I predicted. You yeah. predicted it. Pete. I always pick Maloney now. Cause they, cause I get yelled at and they scare <laughs> me. <Yeah. laughs> All right, coach. We'll see you later. Good luck with Hall. You know, and uh, we'll see you down the road, I'm sure. Great, great job so far. Thanks, coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right, guys. you guys. Thank you again. That was Kevin Frederick, and uh, I'm glad to get we finally got him on. And, uh, you know, maybe we missed out on him. We didn't really do coaches' interviews at the end of last season. He probably would have been on. But uh, good to have him on. And, you know, he seemed really excited, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy. That's that's a big win. You go down there, the CCC shows up. And uh, I don't know about Darian, though, Pete. I, it's going to be you a know, long it, road back for them. You know, like Kevin said, it is what it is. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's a great win for that program. It's a great win for that program. And uh, I've been fortunate enough, you know, with my time at the record journal and now at game time to kind of watch them rise, um, from just getting into the playoffs, which was a big deal when it happened to winning a playoff game, to getting to the semi, getting to the finals, then losing, then getting to the semis, then going to the finals and winning. And now a huge win at Darien, um, it's been it's been incredible to see. Uh, I, I did shout him out on the interview, but I want to shout him out again. Quarterback Valentine, he is just a beaut. I mean, this kid, he came right up to me at the end of the game and he's like, I'm just letting you know, I'm the best five foot five quarterback in the state. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, you know what, dude, you are 100 percent right. I mean, he was a kid and we didn't really get into it on the interview. You know, he was with the headset last year calling out the plays to Angel. Um, when Angel wasn't in, they had uh, uh, Austin Studley, I believe his name was. He yeah. was the backup. He didn't play at all last year. He looked good, man. He threw some really, really good deep balls. Maloney was faster. They had the speed. They were running past Arian defenders. 
Uh, and he hooked up with his receivers on some big plays and Maloney's dangerous. I think that they, uh, I think that November 4th date against Southington is going to be a must be at. That's down the road. Now let's take a look at the games for this week. We need to watch uh, North Brantford. You know, they come back from their first opening loss to Valley regional who we'll get to. They won again too, but we'll get to Valley very shortly. But North Brantford now kind of on the redemption tour. They're going to play Cromwell Portland with their first big test. They're three. No, they haven't played anyone great yet. Now North Brantford comes in. That should be a fascinating game. Uh, in another game, SMSA, your boy at boys. Ellington. Yeah, your boys at Ellington. 3-0 versus 3-0 at Friday at 6.30 p.m. Staples at Trumbull, Petraccio Bowl 2. I saw our guys there, all the Trumbull guys, uh, talking to us a bit. And we had, a, and I'm like, guys, did you play them last year? What happened? And they were <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you don't remember? Uh, I threw a touch. I threw an interception for a touchdown. <laughs> God. So now they get a, a chance to get a little bit of redemption. I also did a uh, great Mars Petraccio uh, impression for them. I thought it was really, I, and they said I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we have speaking Mars of, on the show, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. Speaking of it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Fairfield prep plays at Hamden. Now we get to know a little bit more about Hamden. Uh, I, I believe now Fairfield Prep trying to look to come back. Shelton now three and zero goes to North Haven two and one bouncing back after their uh, Notre Dame loss. Uh, they play at the North Haven Middle School field, not Vanacore, just across the street from them. Um, and that SEC division, uh, tier one, excuse me, game. Berlin, a team we haven't really talked about at Bloomfield now. Uh, Bloomfield goes right from the fine pan into the fire. They play a pretty good Berlin team, which is three and zero. Hand, which is really now back to back, Pete. Back-to-back shutout losses. Uh, I don't know. I can't figure out the last time a hand uh, was I shut out back-to-back. Have you? Don't think it's ever happened. So I <laughs> went through. I went through everything on their website, and I don't think it's ever happened. The last time they were shut out twice in the season was 1999. Yeah. In fairness to hand, they didn't have the schedule they had back then that they do nope. now, and now nope. they got Cheshire three and zero at their place at the McClary complex. So rolling down a little bit, Brantford two and one faces law three and zero in a pretty big sec tier three game law hasn't really played anybody yet. And Niners their quarterback. He's pretty good, but they really haven't played anybody. I think the teams they've, uh, they've played so far. I think they're one win between them nope. or two wins at the no most. wins, no, no wins. wins, no at wins all. between them. Yep. And Brantford comes in, uh, you know, reeling a little bit after their Guilford loss two weeks ago. And then finally, Tallinn is Catholic. So it's going to be uh, not as big a week, but certainly some good games. Interesting matchups. I mean, the Trumbull Staples game is one that really stands out to me that I think I'm going to be going to on Friday, or at least I, I, I hope to, because um, I just think that's such a great game. And I think and for Trumbull, nearby. it's huge. And I live nearby. Um <laughs> But for Trumbull, I think it's just such a huge game, right? They've they've kind of not had an easy road. You know, that Massa game was wild. Uh, they beat up West Hill and beat up East Hartford. So now it's like, here we go. Like, they're going to start jumping into that FCX schedule. They got Staples. Then they got Greenwich at the end of uh, about a month from now. Then, you know, Ridgefield in November. And then St. Joe's in Thanksgiving. Like, all right, if Trumbull is getting first place votes and Trumbull being voted in the top 10, you got to go out and win the Staples game first. The Bloomfield Berlin game is great. I mean, those teams always play well when they play each other. Uh, they're always, you know, heated battles. 
uh, you know, to Say put it, um, to, yeah, to put it nicely. Uh, Cromwell Portland, you, you mentioned it. I mean, this is a team that won a state title a year ago, and this is an up-and-coming North Brantford team. Tommy Hansen is a baller. He's only a sophomore. He could freaking play. Over in the NVL, we got, you know, Waterbury Career Academy. They're 3-0. And they're facing off against Tom Legey and Holy Cross. Legey ran 36 times or 242 yards. It's worth three of his team's four touchdowns. 28-21 over Seymour. That's back-to-back losses to Seymour, by the way. But Holy Cross shaping up to be one of Ansonia's prime rivals, maybe. Well, definitely their prime rival. Potentially, Edit- yeah. Yeah, heading into Thanksgiving, but the, the team before Thanksgiving, before Naugatuck. Barlow, Notre Dame, Fairfield. I think it's a great, small SWC matchup. Uh, Notre Dame, Fairfield got back in the win column after the Massive game. Barlow, you were there. You saw them go up and beat Weathersfield. You know, it's not just a Danny Shaben show, right? They got dudes, right? Or studs. What did you call them? You said they got studs. Yeah, a lot of studs on this um, team. Scott but that one's a really good one. Friday night at Sacred Heart. I mean, Notre Dame, Fairfield's is a really talented team. This school, Barlow, is kind of similar in size, a little bit bigger. So I think this is that's a great SWC matchup. One of the games we did not mention here is uh, going to be played Saturday night, 7 o'clock, way up in Avon. It's Avon Old Farms plays host to Loomis Chafee in a battle of premier prep school teams from the Founders League. Last year, uh, Loomis beat them in a wild game, 35 to 26, and they both went on to win NEPSAC Bowl Championships. By all counts, they're going to be about 18 future Division I FCS, FBS players, including a few guys that uh, Nick, Sh- Nick Saban has offered. Uh, so, you know, you have a lot of major recruits up there uh, in this showdown, so it should be fascinating. I will certainly be there for that one. So, uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of getting into the season here, still kind of relaxing after last week. It's pretty wild, but uh, you know, now we, I think we have a good, we swept away last year. Now we're into this year with all the things that we thought we knew at the beginning of the year. Uh, we finally can say after three weeks, we uh, beat anything. And it's gonna be fun finding out what happens next after this. Yeah, I mean, we're really diving into conference play right now. And that is, exciting when we get some pretty good matchups and i think there are a couple this week i think a couple the next week after but uh i mean this is it this is i think now we're hitting the ground running we're we're done i think teams are done feeling each other out and uh figuring out who's what and i think we're just gonna go just go let's go then <laughs> so for people i'm so patrick bully this has been the meat grinder on game time ct love you all I'm <laughs> sorry.